Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Russia's military offensive has often looked inept, with vehicles running out of gas, soldiers surrendering, and abandoning trucks full of weapons. But the embarrassing videos don't tell the full picture. A senior U.S. military official says Russia still has 95% of its military force in Ukraine intact. More than enough to destroy the country's cities and create much more suffering. Excellent perspective from Richard Engel of NBC News. And to that, Charlie Sykes, blue checkmark journalist, tweeted out, Never again will become again. We are about to see the murder of entire cities. To that point... Mariupol is in the news today. I don't think I'd ever heard that name in my life until a couple of hours ago. City in Ukraine. Uh, direct Russian strike at the maternity hospital. A little bit ago, people, children under the wreckage, atrocity. How much longer will the world be an accomplice ignoring terror? This is from a reporter over there. Um, close the sky right now. Uh, no fly zone. Uh, A little more on the city of Mariupol. The deputy mayor tweeting out, The city is under continuous Russian shelling. Genocide is taking place. 1,170 people have been killed. 47 buried today in a mass grave. No water, heat, power, or gas for days. Residents are drinking snow and burning firewood for heat. It's medieval. 
Mike Lyons is a decorated and retired member of American Armed Forces. He's been a military analyst for a number of broadcast and uh, cable outlets and joins us now. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys. Great to be back. So I will have to get to the no-fly zone conversation again, I suppose. Uh, To Richard Engel's point, how well is the Russian military doing, or uh, is there so much left in reserve that it's a little overstated there, being bogged down? No, no, I, I think it's a little overstated. Uh, they, they're not proving they're fighting. They're, they're moving like literally pond water right now, and that might be for a reason. And, yeah, they brought a lot of things to the battlefield, for sure. They brought a lot of tanks. They brought a lot of trucks, VSU-23s, BMPs, you know, all, all the whole, they, you know, a lot of everything in the kitchen sink has showed up for this. But um, remember we were talking last week about uh, the supplies and getting them to uh, the battlefield. Well, 17,000 javelins are going to start showing up on the battlefield right now, and they're going to be in the hands of Ukraine military. And, and i got to think that they're going to start you know, picking off some of those vehicles that are kind of out there. And the fact that we can blow the tops off those tanks, um, the fact that Russia has lost any tanks, for example, I think is just an incredible statistic. And I think they both, to a degree, they've lost 200 tanks. So if they brought 1,200 tanks to the battlefield and they've lost 200 already, that's a 1,000 that's a left with 17,000 javelins. So that's a 17 to 1 ratio right now. And we're going to hit more things with those javelins besides tanks. So I think there's no question they have mass, and there's no question if they wanted to throw their bodies into it. The thing is, is a Russian soldier is going to be willing to die for their country, because that's what it's going to take. When they decide to start storming some of these cities, they're going to start taking some tremendous casualties, and the question is whether they're going to do that or not. And, And frankly, I just don't see them doing that. While the humanitarian horror of the bombardment of Mariupol, for example, is just it's beyond the pale... History shows us whether it's the Blitz of London or the bombing of Dresden, that doesn't crush the will of the defender. It it steals it. Isn't Russia creating a, a hatred that'll last for a century? Exactly, and it's it's same in Vietnam. You look in history; it's not just you know all over the world. That's where it works. And 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 again, let's go look at geography about Mariupol. It's really close to the Russian border, the real Russian border. And so a no-fly zone, for example, w- wouldn't pick off a strategic missile or something that that flies from Russia likely and hits hits Mariupol there. So uh, you know that doesn't solve it. You know, if if we want people to have creative solutions about how we're going to stop this, then let's get creative solutions on how we're going to stop it. And just you know, kind of the no-fly zone there. Wouldn't do it. Um, if they want, you know, it's literally right, almost on that border there. Now they want to control that port city. They want to control those, all those cities. Because I think what, what they haven't done is moved on Odessa yet. So that's that city to the far west in the Black Sea. Um, they were supposed to do it a couple of days ago. We were all warning. You had the Zelensky warning that it was going to be moved on. But but if he's going to leave any out, out for himself, he's going to want to take the regions in the Donbass, the Crimea. And this virtual now land bridge that exists between Russia, uh, Mariupol is in the middle of that. So they likely, you know, fall over to the other side when the time comes. But if there's any negotiation, that's why he's doing that. So you said something I don't think I've heard anybody say, and this is important, the debate going on about a no-fly zone. You're saying that it wouldn't accomplish near as much as people think. So like the shelling of these cities, that's coming from ground artillery? Yeah, is ground artillery or... Um, short to medium range missiles that could be firing coming from Russia itself or coming just, you know, kind of close to the border. These are long range weapon systems. Like, they're not just a bunch of mortars that take down buildings like that. They're strategic weapons, 500 pound and 1,000 pound type um, operations. And the fact that they're hitting hospitals means they have got 
guided weapon systems on them. So they're, 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 these are not systems that a no-fly zone, if we, if we think that's going to solve the problem, it won't, it won't take it out anyway. We, we can't get there in time. A no-fly zone has to start on the other side of the fence. It's got to start in the Polish border, Romania. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to put equipment inside of Ukraine and, and, and claim it for the no-fly no zone. It's just not, not going to work. What do you make of the whole back and forth over uh, furnishing the Ukrainians with the Polish MiG-29s and, and we can't have them go through Ramstein or have our fingerprints uh, on them? Yeah, UG is what we said, you know, too. Yeah, too, yeah I'm after the, I said earlier on the week on cable network that it was, a, you know, I'm trying to be creative. I don't want to be the bad guy, but come on, that's just never going to work. It was never going to work from the very beginning. We're going to take pilots off the battlefield. We're going to bring them to Poland. We're going to restripe planes there. We're going to counter we fit them up for radios all kinds of things that have to happen and then the poll and we we just for whatever reason decided to insert ourselves into this process i don't know was it a virtue signal or not and then the polls called us on it they said okay here we go we're going to ship our ship we're going to ship our planes to ramstein you guys are going to take care of it and you're going to ship them back and it's it's going to be great and of course the pentagon says no we can't get there from here on that because that's clear an escalation an act of war it's not you know, how does Russia not look at that as, as any other way? So, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. It's going to take two months or three months to do it, A. But B, what's going to be the ex- escalation that Russia's going to do because we do that? I, again, I just don't think we're willing to, to roll the dice on that right now. Well, we're a little hung up on the fact that stingers uh, are fine and aircraft are not. Is that just a, a bright line yeah. that we civilians don't understand? No, it's funny you say that, right, because there's this kind of lethal aid, non-lethal aid, right? And we've gone back and forth with Ukraine over the past few years. And the Obama administration got a lot of of, of flack for sending non-lethal aid. But as it turns out, a lot of that non-lethal aid, that non-shiny object stuff, um, is going to good use right now. And then Trump comes in, he sends the lethal aid, he sends more of the javelins and stuff. So it's it's kind of worked out uh, in, in that regard. But but right, where's the bright line between you know lethal aid, non-lethal aid, and, and it turns out that you know, maybe the next step of non of lethal aid is mobile um, stingers. Like you could put a, something called an Avenger or something called a um, uh, a launcher that you can uh, you can put on a, a jeeps and other things. You can move those stingers around a lot quicker instead of having them handheld. You know that might you know that might be the next step we take. But when we start bringing strategic weapons to the battlefield, I'm sure the Russians are going to say that's a clear bright line. Did you happen to see the Wall Street Journal op-ed from the editorial board of "Let's stop telling Russia things we won't do"? No, but I, you know, we've done a good job releasing the intel. I think that's worked, but I, I do think that we we just keep saying things out loud that we shouldn't be saying. That's I, what I wondered about. It. Why do we keep yeah. telling the guy, "Hey, no matter what you do, you shove my kid, you spit on my wife." I'll tell you yeah. one thing: I'm never going to punch you in the face. Just let you know that yeah. right now. What's the point of that? I, yeah, I, I, we just can't help ourselves, and I, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with with political pressure that's taking place. I think I think I was telling you to go back to the no fly zone. I, you know, everybody wants that. You know, th- there's so much political pressure to put that on, and, and it's almost like we're going to agree to it because we're just getting worn down by getting asked the question. You know, five ways to send it. Well, let's say we do a no fly zone with unicorns. Would that would that be okay? Let's say if we <laughs> let's say if we had one with cherry on top. Would that be okay? It's like no, it's not okay. There's no way it's ever going to be okay. And we just don't seem to kind of shut the conversation down. We, we, we allow it to linger um, in the media. We allow it to meet, linger from a social media perspective, and it, and it just it just kind of lingers on. Two more questions. I just want to make sure I understand this. Mike Lyons, military analyst online. So you think furnishing the Ukrainians with the Polish MiGs would be just such a slow process, it's not worth taking seriously at this point? 
Yeah, it would take six months if that. It would take, you know, it, it, it would, it's completely not worth it. It also escalates things immediately right okay. now. You take Ukraine pilots off the battlefield. The fact that the Ukraine Air Force is still flying two weeks from now, you know, the, 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 you've had a bet on that two weeks ago. You'd, you, you would have bet that that wouldn't be the case. So we're, 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 we're going to take their pilots off the battlefield right now to go kind of retrain in Rammstein. I mean, are, are, we, are we serious? I mean, come on. We're, we're doing fine. Let's keep the momentum going on the ground. Let's keep providing because we're also wearing down. We want to wear down that that Russian military. We want to wear down their pilots as well. The fact that we're shooting planes out of the sky is all you got to know. Twenty five hundred Stingers were part of that seventeen thousand Javelin um, supply chain uh, operation. Uh, I, let's let's start shooting. Let's start shooting some of those birds out of the sky. Okay, final question from me anyway. I proposed this earlier, and if it's uh, foolish, feel free to tell me. But in some form, given the humanitarian horror in some of the besieged cities. The United States says Ukraine is a friend and their government has asked us to provide humanitarian relief. They have authorized us to use their air spray space. We're going to fly unarmed planes in or, or we'll have somebody fly them in, volunteers maybe, that have food, medicine and water, period. Are you going to shoot us down, Vladimir Putin, and make mm-hmm. it put, put the ball in his hands? You want to escalate by shooting down a purely humanitarian flight? You know, who wants to fly that plane and take that chance is an open question. Maybe a Ukrainian volunteer. But is that idea just idiotic? It's not. Um, I think that it, uh, it has some real possibility. But it, it, it would, again, draw a very bright line between what he's capable of doing and, and what he would do. Um, the question is, where does that plane land? I mean, Russia's done a pretty good job of going after airstrips and blowing a lot of those things up. So, so it's not, you know, the international airport's not open anymore. I mean, yeah, it, I'm picturing it, that, airdrops, that, I guess. Yeah, it would have to be a Berlin thing. It would have to be a Berlin air, airdrop. Um, and, and then again, Russia might say uh, from their side, we don't believe you. It's military weapons. There's all other kinds of things in there. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not a bad idea, don't get me wrong. I think it's, you can put it on the table, but I think it'll be a real risky thing to do. Um, well, you know, perhaps. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, hey, Vlad, send somebody to inspect the flights. We're more than happy to have you inspect the flights. You can expect them to the moment they fly off, but we're flying them in. We're dropping some Yeah, flies. in our remaining s- seconds, I guess my issue and part of it is is this discussion is, I feel like, and you know, I'm just a, that's why it's good to talk to you. You understand the nuts and bolts and the reality of these things. I'm just a doofus talk show host, but it feels like Putin gets to draw all the lines and we don't. Yeah. Well, and that's because he's on the offensive, and that's because we don't have anybody in the real world that can talk to him. Maybe the Israeli prime minister, maybe Erdogan can talk to him, but that's right. I mean, that's how it works when when this is a regional conflict, and we don't want it to escalate. That's that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. Don't get me wrong. Great idea. We could give it a shot, but, but, but he's not inspecting anything. He's going to just basically ignore it and basically dare us to do it. And um, take, we'll take a lot of guts for somebody to do something like that. If you know Mark Milley, Mike, feel free to give him my number. You have my permission. <laughs> Mike Lyons, military analyst. We truly appreciate the insight, Mike. Thanks a million. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So is the reality that Putin just gets to call the shots and draw the lines because it's his neighborhood, he wants Ukraine more than we want to defend it, at least so far. Public opinion could shift on that. Well, that's been true from the outset, yeah. But but again, I think it would not be impossible to design a a move so pure, so utterly unaggressive, so clearly humanitarian, 
and you say it's flying, we'll tell you when. It's going to be noon Friday. Are you going to shoot it out of the sky and launch that? Can you imagine the, here's something I do know something about. We know something about media. Um, Can you imagine the media focus on that? Right. I mean, is Putin going to go ahead with every news channel in the world showing that plane? Is Putin going to shoot that out of the sky with some brave Ukrainian a volunteer and a plane full of water and medicine? Well, I, like I say we find out, for God's sake. Children are dying of dehydration. We'll be right back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And another blow to their economy today, McDonald's announced that it was closing all 850 of its restaurants in Russia. Yeah, we don't want their oil and they can't have our grease. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be outdone, Arby's announced that they're punishing Russia by staying open. Really? They're open no. 24-7, yeah. And McDonald's in Russia is a little strange. It's the only country that sells unhappy meals. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've never understood the Arby's abuse. It's a fine, fine sandwich emporium. It's certainly as good as McDonald's, for crying out loud. If we're in the world of, of if you're talking all cuisine, you don't want to beat up on our, but in the world of fast food, how does Arby's stand out? I don't know. It's the Eastern media elite. That's what I say. It's the worst day in Ukraine yet. Have that next segment. Yeah, not good. Not good. Speaking of not good, the uh, the gent who got the uh, the pig heart has passed. I saw that. Yeah. So uh, is his uh, family oh. having him for breakfast? Or? <laughs> oh my god! Remember, he's a scumbag. Do you remember that story? Yeah, he's some sort of criminal. Yeah, he's he? a horrifying criminal. So I I don't well, mind making jokes about him. Wow, well, no, Jack, his family will not be eating him. The uh, The doctor said he proved to be a brave and noble patient who fought hard all the way to the end. He's known by millions of people around the world for his courage and steadfast will to live. And whatever. Good experiment to do on a human. Anyway, uh, also, I wanted to, uh, to mention this. If you were listening last hour, you know what we're talking about. If not, go and click anyway. We posted the full article from... I'm reaching behind me. There we go. Uh, Moshe Krakowski, the fight over what children learn that we discussed at length last hour. It's all about how we ended up with the education system we have in the United States, where the education elite have designed all of public education to mimic their priorities and their life experience. And that's why everybody's got to go to college, of course. Everybody's got to get a degree in sociology and, and the rest of it because they did, and they're happy, and they're making money, and they're proud of themselves. And uh, Mr. Krakowski uh, argues quite eloquently that educational priorities need to come from parents, from the community, from the bottom up. And Lincoln, Nebraska is going to be different than Bangor, Maine, is going to be different than Seattle. And it's terrific stuff, and it's posted at armstrongandgetty.com. It's the first link under hot links which is up there every day. It's links to articles that we discussed, some that we didn't, um, that we just thought were terrific or uh, insightful videos, what have you. But if you care about education, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a child, what are you doing listening to this show? Uh, Go to armstrongandgetty.com, check out that article, The Fight Over What Children Learn. It's brilliant. I'm struggling to purchase shapewear. Maybe I'll talk about that later. 
Um, really bad day in Ukraine. Actually, bad enough day, high profile enough day. This could change worldwide public sentiment quite a bit. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, by the end of the day, this is going to look like the worst day yet in Ukraine. And I wonder what that's going to do to world opinion. So, I saw David Ignatius of the Washington Post on NBC this morning. He just got back from Europe. He had been traveling around with General Milley. And he said... The outpouring of support for the Ukrainians in all the European cities we went to is just amazing. You see flags flying everywhere and demonstrations, and it's just it's just incredible. It's unlike anything he's ever seen. Um, that's before the news breaking today. So you've got this Mariupol, which is a port city, more or less, that has been surrounded now for days 
hasn't been getting a lot of attention. At least it was not on my radar, but they're being starved out. No food, no water, no electricity, no heat, no water. You can go without food for a long time. You can go without heat and electricity for a while, but you can't go without water for very long at all. And people are dying from that. That was before, just in the last couple hours, a horrifying attack by the Russians on a children's hospital and a maternity hospital is one of the reports. You know, it's very early in this. There's not a lot of journalism coming out of there, but uh, lots of reports, children's hospital, maternity hospital, targeted by Russian strikes. This was their playbook in Syria. They not only sometimes would hit hospitals, it seems pretty clear they figure out where the hospitals are and bomb them on purpose. To now, dis- is that to destroy the will of the people? Which will never, ever work. It'll do the opposite. Or is it to deny any medical care? Well, let me finish this report, and then okay. we, we can discuss it. Um, uh, maternity hospital, children's hospital, many people buried in the rubble. The city is completely surrounded. There's no electricity, water, or gas as they're trying to dig these people out of a hospital. Russia refuses to provide a green corridor. The city is facing a humanitarian catastrophe. This could galvanize world opinion toward something. I don't know what it'll be. Well, it's a historic evil. I mean, it's just an astonishing level of disregard for the uh, the humanity of mankind. I mean, it's it's Putin sticking his thumb in the eye of the EU and the UN and really any human anywhere with a beating heart and saying, "How you you going to stop me? What are you going to do?" Yeah, and with- I have nuclear arms. With full respect to Mike Lyons, and I mean that in in every way, because he's dealing with, we just talked to him earlier this hour, and he's dealing with this from a reality military standpoint. I'm dealing with it in the worst way to deal with situations like this, emotionally, having very little knowledge. So that's the (laughs) worst way to deal with these things. But how in the year 2022 does the free world allow children's hospitals to be bombed and they're trying to dig people out of the rubble with no electricity or water how do you allow that to happen or is that do do i need to just sit down and be lectured that it's just the way it is for now anything we could do to stop it immediately would absolutely uh, be a coin flip as to whether a world war erupted. You know, there, and many, many, many millions more died. There is an answer to my question, and it's uh, it's an answer a lot of people have been making the last couple of weeks. You stop this like eight years ago when you don't allow him to take Crimea or you don't allow him to do all kinds of different things. If you right. let bad mm-hmm. guys do little by little by little by little, you know, opening the Overton window of what's acceptable in the world and that's where that's how you get to this a 21st yeah. century city city being bombed and starved out like this bombing hospitals and the world Chil- not in Chil- a position where they can do anything about it right children dying of dehydration if they're not being buried in rubble it's right. it's also as i meander from thing to thing why you Although can't I have more on that if are we meandering away from that or not completely okay it's right. why you can't let bad countries get nuclear weapons because you're seeing the way they can hold the world hostage if he didn't have nuclear weapons it's a completely different ball game in terms yep. of the ability to stop him from doing this stuff it's why we can't let iran get a nuclear weapon or we should have worked harder to keep North. you can't let bad countries get nuclear weapons or they get to hold you hostage like this yeah, and well, bomb freaking kids hospitals true 
True. To whatever extent you can prevent it, prevent it. But it's harder than it looks, as you know, you pointed out with some of the rogue nations that have them. Pakistan, for goodness sakes, it's hardly a country at all. But uh, getting back to the whole, how can the free world let this happen? It's it, it's incredibly painful and sickening, no doubt. And we wish there was something we could do swiftly uh, to prevent any further horror and to punish the aggressor. But I would point out that we are... Uh, we are... Uh, crushing russia economically the the rest of the world not we the united states the rest of the world we are also furnishing astounding numbers of arms to the brave ukrainians including the ukrainians who continue to pour back into the country from around the world uh and humanitarian aid although that's been stopped and i go back to the joe getty plan or the ang plan whatever you want to call it tell putin we're flying in relief flights they're not going to be armed they're going to be civilian transports if you shoot them down then it's on biatch anyway um And that's the stuff that is known. I would suggest that there is a level of covert aid that would probably snap your eyes open. At least I certainly hope there is. Whether it's probably not special forces on the ground, but it's it's our very best spooks and very best technology and and uh, and stuff I can't even guess at. I certainly hope that's the case, and I hope it it uh, you know has an effect on the on the contest on the battlefield. President Zelensky has shared thoughts through reporters independently confirming the video of the aftermath of a Russian strike on a maternity hospital. I'm looking at it right now. It looks awful. Uh, Zelensky saying people and children are under the wreckage. Atrocity. How much longer will the world be an accomplice ignoring terror? Close the sky right now. The move politically toward this no-fly zone. Not talking militarily or what it'll accomplish or how hard it is or whatever, but politically is going to take leaps today when this story gets out. Well, yeah, absolutely true. I hate to be on the opposite side of something from uh, the the great uh, Volodymyr. Uh, I I don't think that was probably uh, a munition drop from an airplane. I think it was probably a guided missile from Russian territory, as Mike Lyons was discussing. So I'm not the obsession with the no fly zone. I'm I'm not sure how much that would do. Um, and, and it's probably way too late to install effective uh, missile defense in these places. Yeah. Wow. I've been taking Not in- to mention the fact that a no-fly zone is incredibly complicated and difficult and involves uh, either involves attacks on Russian soil, and if I have to explain to you what that would mean, well, you're, you need to get up to speed, or it would be utterly ineffective. So I got a little thing here about Putin that's worth doing, and this is uh, written in the New York Times before he bombed the Children's Hospital, Maternity Hospital today, which again is uh, what he did in Syria for years, and the world allowed it to happen, Um, maybe for similar reasons. What were you going to do? Go to war with Russia over it? So this woman, well, we could have done a hell of a lot more, but go on. Fiona Hill writing today in the New York Times about how Putin thinks this mentality that Russia is always under siege. Its leaders are always under siege. People always want regime change in Russia. Every time he looked, Putin looked at something that happened, for example, in the so-called color revolutions or uprisings in various countries. The Arab Spring, what happened? You saw Hosni Mubarak of Egypt, the longstanding leader, basically pushed out of power, ended up in a prison cell. Putin saw that. Even worse, you saw Muammar Gaddafi shot by rebel forces in what looked like a drainage pipe. 
We hear stories that Putin played that image to himself over and over again, working himself into more of a state of paranoia. How crazy is that? Hmm. The overthrowing of Saddam Hussein and his hanging in Iraq. This is what Putin thinks about on a daily basis. He thinks that the United States is in the business of regime change, and that always throughout history there's been some malevolent force, mostly coming from the West, mostly coming from the West, who's out basically to change Russia, to subjugate Russia, and basically install its own version of a Russian power. So unfortunately right now, even all the events of the present are feeding into that mentality. Well, he's right about changing Russia. Absolutely. And he views that as subjugating Russia or him ending up with his head popping off like Sodom or something. I, I get that. Um, so that would fit it's in. only half paranoid. That would fit in with all the things I've read that. Oh, in fact, uh, we might have clips of this. There was a hearing yesterday with all of our smartest people in the military and otherwise talking about uh, Putin and how he's more dangerous than ever, that he has been cornered and feeling hopeless. Um how do we deal with that? How how do we deal with the fact that he feels like he might end up at the end of a rope like Saddam Hussein? A guy who thinks he might end up hung or shot in a drainage ditch is willing to do anything. That's why you give him an off-ramp. As you've quoted Sun Tzu, surround him only on three sides. What possible off-ramp can we offer him at this point? I don't know. It sickens me to say, but you could tell him, look, call off the dogs. We'll lighten up the sanctions. Stop bombing Ukraine. Pull your forces back. Say you made a mistake, and we'll all go about our business. Here's a little from that hearing yesterday. Putin is angry and frustrated right now. He's likely to double down and try to grind down the Ukrainian military with no regard for civilian casualties. If he plays over and over in his head the idea of these various world leaders who have met their fate at the hands of others or uprisings in our own country, He's willing to do anything. He thinks, I'm going to die anyway. What the hell do I care? Let's see what happens with a tactical nuke. Yeah, it could happen, I suppose. I, I'm not sure how slaughtering people in hospitals in Ukraine is going to further any of his goals. Oh, yeah, and to that point, you've been uh, talking about, there's all kinds of examples through history of how this just hardens people's resolves. How does he, well, they won in Syria. Bashar al-Assad is still in charge of Syria. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I suppose. But that would, you know, he had a regime and a security force and and pretty damn good control for a couple of generations over his crappy little country. Um, that The same cannot be said of, of Ukraine. I mean, Russia is going to have to stretch and project its power over a large country with a big population. And it's just, it's it's a different playing field and different people involved. Well, here's what I think you ought to look for today. The first, probably, senator, almost certainly a Republican, who's going to say NATO needs to install a no-fly zone or we need to put NATO troops on the ground, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And then maybe quickly a few more people join in. Unless I'm mistaken, there have been a couple who brought up the no-fly zone, been in favor of it. But, um, yeah, the drum beats will, uh, the the drums of war will definitely be beaten today. It's going to be interesting to see who says what. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, a lot of, most politicians are cowards. Some of these people just actually want to save children from being bombed. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of politicians are just going to go with whichever direction the wind is blowing. 
And uh, there could be a, just a, a a sea change of opinion on this over this today. I'm, I'm, al- I'm already looking at the videos coming out. They're not good. Uh, your thoughts. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. If we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about price of gas pump in the future. The most important step that we need right now is will the president 
announced that he's going to unleash American energy. Production in the United States is increasing. It's increasing to uh, record levels. In the short term, I, we expect and we are seeing that production increase by about 700,000 barrels a day in the United States. All right. A bunch of folks talking about gas prices and Biden saying we can't do much right now about gas prices. Russia is responsible. And then Jen Psaki unleashed the pile of bull duty that they frequently do when talking about how what are you talking about increasing production? 61. And there are 9,000 unused approved drilling permits. So I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those if there's a desire to drill more. Many thousands of those. You know what? I could answer it for you. I'm going to let Phil Flynn, who's an energy expert, uh, say why that is bold duty. Michael, just to hit us with his statement. Uh, It's one of the most misleading statistics. It's an old Democratic talking point that we've heard for years. And it's meant to deflect blame from this administration for for oil produce uh, uh, fields not producing. Bottom line here is we did hear from the oil industry after Jen Psaki said that. They came back and said, listen, the reason why we're not drilling is some of those those wells are dry. Some of them it's because you've increased royalty rates to the level where it wouldn't be profitable to drill. And we have a relative uncertainty about the regulatory environment going forward. You know, for example, if we decide to drill on land, we might not be able to move that oil if you decide to kill that pipeline over there, uh, like you did the Keystone pipeline, threatening to do potentially on the, the, the Dakota Access pipeline. So this is creating an uncertainty and holding back. I think most Americans are on to this whole story. When I had some polling earlier that 80% of Americans think we should do more uh, exploring energy in our own country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm reminded of the tap dance Republicans have to do to avoid offending the Trump-loving base. Jen Psaki there can't say, look, we've choked off oil drilling and pipelines and all because of the core Democratic voter thinks oil is evil because they're utterly unrealistic. They think windmills can power uh, their cars next week. And so we can't tell the truth or they'd stop voting for us. Yeah. So she offers up that idiotic 9,000 permits not being used. They should just use those permits. The, the cancel in the Keystone Pipeline is the most uh, amazing thing that Barack Obama got away with in, in, in trying to portray that as necessary in any way. All kinds of studies done. And it was clearly better for the environment, better for the global environment in every mm-hmm. way. Um, but it's just, it's, I mean, it's the, I hate, I, I'm almost tired of the term virtue signaling, but it was purely a virtue signal. It had nothing to do with reality. And unfortunately, media not interested enough in the story, or they're all, you know, most of the media also believes where, if you ask the average person in the media what percentage of cars being bought are electric cars, they'd probably guess like 30 or 40 percent. When or it's, even 20. I was going to say 20. When it's closer to 1.8%. Right, right. 
Oh, did you see the other day uh, Biden, well, not Biden himself, his people tweeted out that General Motors is investing X amount in electric cars and they've created X number of jobs for electric cars and Ford has done this and that. Congratulations to our brave automakers. And Elon Musk tweeted back, Tesla's invested 10 times as much and created 20 times as many jobs and you won't mention us. Maybe mention that to the people who run your Twitter. And sells 70% of all electric cars. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and phony AF, as the kids say these days. <laughs> but my point was, and I got off track, was I think people are on to this whole gas thing, and all those stickers at the gas pumps with the picture of Biden pointing toward the dollar sign saying, <laughs> I, did this. I did that. Oh, my God, that is going to grow. Biden's going to try to make this Putin's fault, but he is going to take so much of the blame. Oh, oh my gosh, I just realized. How much time do we have left, Michael? Got a minute and a half. Oh, oh, good, good, good. We got a little time. I, I, we haven't gotten to the new Kamala clip. So the incompetence. I, I blame myself. This is Kamala promoting the idea of gas-powered cars. Hang with this, which is 60 Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today, because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. Oh, Jesus. And then to make the possible actually happen. When she starts into that tone where she's Uh, doing her little phrases and everything. (laughs) uh, Today is the day for you to stop talking, which is every day. And yes, no more talking. And together, if we work together, we can imagine that which is and make it could be. Together. What the the hell? Are you a Mad Lib? You're a walking Mad Lib. Grab the podcast if you miss a segment. Armstrong and Getty. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.